81 years ago, two brothers started the greatest business of all time in San Bernardino, California. No matter who you are or where you're listening to this from, you've spent money with this business. Definitely hundreds and probably thousands of dollars. Just about everyone has. I know I have. And today, this company is going to help you figure out what to work on. I'll tell you who it is if you haven't guessed already soon. The last two weeks, we've talked about problems and opportunities. They're two of my favorite podcasts we've ever done. We got more emails from those two podcasts than we have from basically every other podcast combined. Problems and opportunities resonated. If you didn't listen and don't have enough time to go back, I don't blame you. It's bracket time, and I wouldn't dream of pulling you away from that, especially since we missed it last year. And if you want to bet on the tournament and fund your startup, little inside tip. UNC is going to the Final Four. Sure, I say that every year, but this is really the year. Go Tar Heels. To catch you up, the main point of the last two episodes was that we, meaning people, meaning me, and almost certainly you, prioritize the wrong stuff, and it dooms us to live in a pit of mediocrity. We prioritize solving problems that deliver marginal benefit, the same problems everyone else solves, often in the same way, and so we all just sort of blend together. We obsess over how fast we can solve those problems, which is like obsessing over how fast we can stand in place. As industries, acquisition channels, and strategies get more mature, the results from each all revert to the mean. We don't prioritize, or we avoid altogether, the opportunities that could differentiate us. The things we could pursue that could create asymmetric upside, the things that have a 5 or 10% chance of working, but would pay off 10,000x if they did. We did the math and the math works. These opportunities are what you have to chase if you want to be successful. And predictably, we got a bunch of emails from really fired up people. This is an energizing topic. But as our listeners learned, when you try to implement some of this, big questions come up. The biggest of which is, how do you practically do it? I'm telling you to spend some more time on things that likely won't work. You don't have that time. You can't just stop doing something. You're already balancing a house of cards. Lots of people wrote in and said something similar to this, but I think this email sums it up. Quote, I literally already do everything. I'm already stretched thinner than the pasta at you can call me al dente's. How am I adding opportunities that likely won't work? Where is that time coming from? Today, we're going to talk about why that entrepreneur is asking the wrong question. Today, we're going to talk about letting go. This is the Idea to Start a Podcast, and this week's episode is brought to you by NuCo. We've got a new sponsor here at Tacklebox, and we could not be happier. We're absurdly picky when it comes to sponsors, but NuCo is a no-brainer. NuCo is an incubator program in Brooklyn that works with super early-stage entrepreneurs just like us. They invest and they bring you in. If you're a solo founder and need support from developers or designers, they have those on staff. They basically build a team around entrepreneurs they love, investing with funding, but also with talent and know-how. They've built a bunch of companies themselves, and they've invested in Tacklebox alums that have had a ton of success. Nuco is backed by IAC, a company with a 30-year track record of spinning out companies like Tinder and Vimeo. I would never recommend anyone to you that I didn't trust, and I trust Casey and Marissa, the co-CEOs of Nuco. I've worked with them for over a decade now. 
If you're in the early stages of building something that you think has a chance to be really big, they told me to pass along their email address. Marissa would love to hear from you. Send her a note with what you're up to. Say you heard about them from the pod. It is marissa, M-A-R-I-S-S-A, at buildwithnewco.com. Feel free to check out more about them at buildwithnewco.com. Back to it. Let's get back to San Bernardino in 1940. The business I'm talking about started out as a barbecue joint, but eight years later, switched to burgers, shakes, potato chips, and pie. That's when Ray Kroc walked in the door and McDonald's became McDonald's. McDonald's, the burger stand in San Bernardino, sold a whole bunch of burgers. People loved it and there was always a line down the block. But McDonald's, the business, was limited until Ray Kroc saw the potential. After buying out the McDonald's brothers, Ray founded McDonald's System Inc., the predecessor to the current McDonald's that you know. Three years after McDonald's System Inc. was incorporated, they sold their 100 millionth burger. And that is what we're going to talk about today. McDonald's is the most impressive business I have ever come across. Every Big Mac tastes exactly the same. Every person who cooks the fries and the nuggets does it perfectly. The product is frighteningly consistent. It's not an accident Ray called his first company McDonald's system. The magic was and is the system. The magic wasn't the chef. It wasn't because the McDonald's brothers, who were amazing at cooking burgers and fries, killed themselves to ensure that they were the ones who flipped every burger and dunked every fry in oil. That is not what customer service is. McDonald's is the business it is because it built a system to allow ordinary people to get extraordinary results every single time. Ray Kroc realized that the McDonald's brothers didn't actually matter to the business, as painful as that was, and he was right. This can be devastating for entrepreneurs. We think how we operate, the burgers we make, the podcasts we record, whatever it is that we build, are the things that make us successful. There's a terrific book called The Effective Executive by Peter Drucker that is the link that most business books should be. You can comfortably roll it up and stick it in your back pocket, where he talks about how entrepreneurs tend to overestimate their tactical value. He's the OG of all this stuff, so I'll happily quote him directly. He says, we usually tend to overrate rather than underrate our importance and to conclude that far too many things can only be done by ourselves. Even very effective executives still do a great many unnecessary, unproductive things. If Ray Kroc had looked at the McDonald's brothers and decided that they were the reason the burgers were so good, they never would have grown and we never would have heard of the McRib. Maybe we don't thank Ray Kroc enough. You probably aren't as exceptional as you think you are. And since that's pretty harsh, we're going to turn the camera around on me. I'm not as exceptional as I think I am. We've been talking a lot at Tacklebox headquarters about vision and growth and opportunities as we've been digging into these topics for the podcast. One of our opportunities is to turn all the podcasts we've done, we've got about 40 narrative pods like this one, into a bunch of 1,500 word essays. We could publish them to various places or pop them into a Substack and have 40 weeks worth of content. Basically, there's just unlimited potential here. I pride myself on being a really good writer. I always talk about how after Tacklebox, I want to write stuff, books, movies, TV shows. It's something I take pride in. 
So I decided that I personally wanted to turn each of these 20 minute pods into posts because could anyone else really do them justice? Could anyone else write them as well as I can? This is where our COO Tamara is so helpful. As I was saying that, I could feel her exasperation through the Zoom screen. And it forces me to think about what I just said and wonder how my head still fits into these podcast headphones. I'm a good writer, sure, but there are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of writers as good or better than me. Turning those podcasts into posts would take me maybe three hours each. That's 120 hours for something someone else could probably do better than me. That could not be a worse use of my time. But that's what entrepreneurs do. We get emotional about what we think we can do really well. You've got to have at least a bit of an ego if you want to get into the startup world, and this is where it shows. When Ray Kroc told the McDonald's brothers that he was going to open up a bunch more stores with his system, they replied that these would immediately fail because no one could cook burgers like they could. So, long story short, we're hiring a copywriter to turn the pods into posts. Side note, if you are a copywriter and this sounds like fun, reach out. Your company will succeed exactly as fast as you are able to remove yourself from nearly every task that anyone else could possibly do, even close to as well as you can. Realizing that can be like swallowing a pine cone, but it'll free you in the end. Because we don't need you to flip burgers, we need you to steer the ship, to build a system that keeps the machine moving towards your North Star. That's the CEO's job. There are two huge points of pushback I always get here. First, people say I can't afford that. I can't just pay for a copywriter and for employees to handle all of this. I'm a freaking startup. And second, don't I need to do things that don't scale? Don't I need to do all of this stuff manually first before I automate it? Let's hit each. The answer to the first is this is where you have to be creative or at least start formulating a plan. Your business only works if you roll off the stuff that makes the company that you show as fast as possible. And as a CEO, you need to create money or time. That's your magic trick. I should note, if you're trying to build a consultancy or want to be a coach, then it can be all about you and you don't have to scale like this. But I wouldn't recommend either of those to my worst enemy. So you need to start building playbooks that you execute on initially, but pass off as soon as you can. The playbooks are built with sharing in mind. So if you're putting up social posts, build out the framework of the posts, the schedule, the tone, the design elements, the goals, the differentiation points, a paragraph on why this is actually the best use of your time and what you are hiring these posts to do, the outcome. Assuming it is worth your time to even build this playbook, productize it for yourself and pass it off to someone to be creative within those constraints. When you don't have money to hire outright, be creative. Maybe someone is building their portfolio. Maybe you can pay them a percentage of the revenue that comes in from the ads. There are ways. And with Upwork and all the other marketplaces, you should be able to get reasonably priced and talented folks for specific projects. The key is for you to be doing your CEO job and making sure everything is moving you meaningfully towards that big vision that you spend so much time thinking about the one we talked about last week. That is where you'll actually separate yourself. That is the skill that is not replicable. And frankly, if figuring out how to get 5K or 40 hours of work from someone is such an insurmountable obstacle, then maybe this just isn't for you. 
I know it's much, much easier for some people to raise funding due to backgrounds and things like that, but so much of this stuff now can be done for small amounts of money that just about anyone should be able to figure out how to get. The second piece of pushback is from founders that tell me they need to do things that don't scale. And of course you do early on, but you don't want to do these for even a second longer than you absolutely have to. Those founders are often just scared to actually jump into the arena. If you tell yourself that you've got to do everything, you can bury yourself in a mountain of work that you'll never get done and you never have to take accountability for. It's why people have a lot more fun practicing half-court shots than 10-footers. You're not supposed to make the half-court shots. There's a Tacklebox alum working on maybe his third company since he went through the program a few years back. He's releasing a Kickstarter soon, and the way he's executed would bring a tear to Ray Kroc's eye. He's outsourced the execution of basically everything. The script, the video, the acting, the social ads, the growth strategy. What he held onto and focuses maniacally on is the vision, the differentiation points, the high-level opportunities that will push him towards that North Star. His directions for everyone are crystal clear. It minimizes the back and forth, and it minimizes the amount of work they have to do. He ensures the differentiated product by the clarity of his top-down vision. How he's handled this reminds me of riding in an airplane during a thunderstorm. As you're taking off, you're terrified. It's bumpy and dark and uncomfortable, and you can't see anything. Then you get above the clouds and you can see for miles. That's where this founder is, up there. Most founders I speak with are fighting through the storm and can't see their hand in front of their face. The faster you get to the management stage, the stage where you're riding above the clouds, the more you'll be able to find and capitalize on the opportunities that are gonna differentiate you. And to go further, you've probably got an hourglass that's bleeding sand already. If you don't get to that point fast, you're going to run out of time. You need to hit those opportunities early or you're going to fold. Your first instinct to most tasks should be to ask yourself if you're genuinely the best person in the world for that task. If not, move it on. This takes vision, humility, and trust. Choosing what you work on and figuring out how to fire yourself for everything else is available and required much earlier than you think. And the carrot should be clear. The faster you get to that point, the better your chance at building something meaningful. We'll end on a line from Drucker. The effective executive, therefore, first makes sure that the job is well-designed. And if experience tells him otherwise, he does not hunt for genius to do the impossible. Don't hope you're the genius that can do the impossible. And always remember, you can't build the business if you're flipping the burgers. Have a great week. This is the idea to start a podcast. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend and leave us a five-star rating and a review. If you've got a startup idea you'd like to pursue, head over to gettacklebox.com. We've got a cohort starting March 31st.